to Unbroken Podcast. I'm Alexandra Amor, author, coach, and a lifelong explorer of what it means to be human. This is the podcast where my guests and I explore the inside-out nature of life and the psychological paradigm called the Three Principles. We explore the positive effect this can have on every aspect of our lives, including resolving things like unwanted habits, anxiety, trauma, depression, and more. You'll find episode show notes, transcriptions, your complimentary Freedom from Overeating Starter Kit, and lots more at unbrokenpodcast.com. And now, here's the show. Bill and Connie DeKramer, welcome to Unbroken. Oh, thanks, Alexander. We're delighted to be here. And so I love your title, Unbroken. It's so true. It's so <laughs> true. We all are. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, I chose that very consciously, of course. So this is the first interview I've done with two people as opposed to one. So this will be kind of fun. So why don't you start and tell us each about um, how you came across the principles. So Connie, why don't we start with you? Why don't you tell us about that? So I, we've been spiritual seekers forever. And all of a sudden I realized no more of this. I know it's all within me and that's where I'm going to look from here on out. And I had an experience thinking Bill and I might separate where I was devastated. And in that sadness, I saw that I would be fine no matter what happened. Wow. And my mind went quiet and it stayed that way (laughs) since then, actually. (laughs) So then we moved to Kelowna and that's how we found the principles. And for me, everything that Sid was saying confirmed my experience. So I knew this was something really true and worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And Bill, what about you? Yeah, so we discovered them at the same time. And and what actually introduced us to the first person that was talking about this understanding of the principles was Connie had a, a career in weight loss. She opened salons in Australia, big And so she would tap in every now and then to see what was going on in the weight loss industry. And we had been helping people restore their health with whole foods for 30 years and had great success with that. But we would find that when people, even if they had great results, sometimes we would see a client six months, 12 months later, and they'd put the weight back on, their conditions were back and say, hey, what, what happened? And it was always the same story. Something had happened in their lives that created a lot of pressure. And they turned back to their old habits of using food for comfort. So we knew there was a mental, emotional piece uh, tied into being healthy. Mm -hmm. Just uh, giving the body what it needs. You know, the body will be healthy if we give it what it needs. But we've got to give it what it needs. And our emotions, how we feel can have a big bearing on our relationship with food and we're reaching for food that's not serving us to deal with something other than our health. So anyway, we were listening to this uh, webinar and Dr. Amy Johnson came on and was talking about weight loss, but she was putting it in the context 
of um, it's about our relationship with life that we can really find lasting change in establishing weight loss. And it didn't make any sense, but something <laughs> resonated. It's like, I've got to learn more about what she's talking about. <laughs> so one thing led to another and we studied with Amy and became change coaches through Amy's change coach program. And that took care of that mental emotional piece that we've been looking for to help our clients be able to make the lasting change in terms of diet and lifestyle without getting thrown off the tracks if something happened in their lives that created distress. Right. Yeah. And Connie, were there other things you had tried, you know, in terms of that emotional piece that hadn't worked? Oh, yeah, we tried heart math, we tried Byron Katie's work, we tried meditation, we tried everything that seemed like it might really support people, but nothing worked. So mm-hmm. we kept to look. And we kept yeah. to look and- it was like everything made sense. The people would do the positive thinking with us for a while, you know, but nothing would stick, you know, because what we see now is that all of these techniques and strategies People were using them like they wanted to, what do I do? They use their mind to change their mind. Yeah. And we can't use our mind to change our mind. We've got to have that insight about how we work, how life really works, about this well-being that we all really come from. And then it takes care of itself. Yeah. And so did you begin to see changes with your clients when you introduced that idea? Yes, we did. And they experienced, as you know, freedom in a lot of other areas. You mm. know, by seeing more clearly instead of being lost in thought, they began to have major life change, mm-hmm. which nice. is so rewarding and fulfilling for them and for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and it, sorry, well, go ahead, Bill. To that, it, it helped us deal with the issue of cravings, because mm-hmm. uh, if we've established a habit to reach for food when we're looking for relief, then whenever a little bit of tension comes up, we have a craving for that food. Now, that's our wisdom actually helping us navigate for solution. But when we begin to understand uh, that we're feeling our thinking, it's not really that our bodies want this food. Mm and understand how the principles work and apply that. Now we're helping people restore health and lose weight naturally and to deal with those cravings that come up. They're no longer trying to use that willpower to fight against the, you know, resist yeah. this craving. I know sure. if I just get through it for five minutes, it'll go away, all that stuff that, you know, people try to do. Yeah. So that helped us deal with the whole craving piece. So that was a big shift for People to find that more effortless transition, not having to work so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And you guys, I, I think I read on your website, you, Connie, was it you that ran a sort of a health food restaurant years ago? We both did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, my my thinking was, my thought was that you had both. All, for a very long time, been very healthy. Have you personally dealt with cravings yourself? Yes. I okay. <laughs> um, I would use potato chips. 
or, okay. or whatever. And that would be the thing that would come up for me every so often. And a friend asked me one day, are you giving your well-being to potato chips? <laughs> I realized, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> And so I decided I would meet whatever was there. And I got just quiet the next time the craving arose. And in that quietness, I saw the source of what was driving me toward potato chips. And it was a feeling as a young kid of feeling safe. Mm -hmm. One of the few times when I felt really safe, there were always potato chips at those events. The minute I saw that done deal, I've never had another craving. Wow. Never. And really for nothing. That was kind of the final one, I think. Yeah. 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 And what about you, Bill? Any? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Yeah. I'm a chocolate guy. I like sweets, that kind of stuff. So, um, we were talking to a client earlier this morning, actually. I was sharing a story how there was a store in the mall called Death by Chocolate. Glass case right out front. Everybody's walking by, right? So every time I'd walk by, it would start bringing those feelings up, you know, because like Connie, I didn't see this at the time, but we make associations between experience in our lives and food. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we're starting to feel tense and we remember, oh, yeah, we had potato chips and everything was so calm. We had a potato chip and we find that space again. The potato chip didn't break the space, but the association in our mind did. So I had associations with, with chocolate and I'd see that and I'd go, ooh, you know, you get that. No, oh, this would be nice. <laughs> and so I began to understand more about how um, we're always feeling our thinking and exploring that more and that relationship with food was changing. And it was the strangest thing one day, I didn't even see it coming, but I'm walking by Death by Chocolate. I look in the case expecting the usual high because isn't that part of the whole process? You know, you love even that first thought of having a bite, you know, you don't even (laughs) have to have the bite. And I'm waiting for this to come. I might as well have been looking at cardboard. Mm. Like, wait, wait, what's happened? So the association, just broke. That was such a beautiful demonstration to myself about how our experience really works. Mm-hmm. We're feeling our thinking. So if I'm no longer associating chocolate with this wonderful feeling, then chocolate is just neutral. It's just like it might as well be. Well, I, for some reason, I thought cardboard at the time, but it could be spinach or anything else. <laughs> right. Something out there that we eat. Yeah, that's such an interesting point about the associations, because when we just naturally don't have an association with something, like I'm trying to think of a food that some people might crave that that we personally don't, it just holds no energy at all. There's no thinking about it. It's yeah, so interesting. Yeah, there's a non smoker, and a smoker saying, God, I'm trying to quit smoking. And you say, or just stop. Yeah. See that inner dynamic, that association that's driving it. And so it just doesn't make sense if we're not experiencing it, but it's that way for everyone, every habit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which really points to that we live in the world of our thinking. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so clearly that's so great. So when you guys are working with someone who's, who's wanting to change their habits, 
and uh, eat better and lose weight, where do you begin with them? I guess it probably depends on the person, but um, yeah, in a general sense. Well, what I keep finding more and more often is the best place to begin is with that thinking piece. Mm. So they see the association they have that's untrue, mm-hmm. that isn't real. And as they see that, then making changes in the food world is very easy. And we can then just focus on food and make change and have health that's amazing beyond what we even thought we could have without pushback from old, old habits, old thinking. Right. Yes. Yeah. And, oh, I just had a thought there and now it's gone. Oh, well, we'll carry on. Maybe it'll come back. (laughs) I'll share that. Um, we do uh, around the food piece. So we're kind of a hybrid business. You know, we deal with food because the body has a, it's been designed to function best with certain foods in the same way that, you know, if our car works well on gasoline, we don't put diesel in. Right. (laughs) And so we have guidelines because both of us resolved health challenges with a whole food plant-based diet, you know, Mm low science that supports it and so this is our approach around the food Uh, and so that seems to be a good fuel for the body and we've had great results like we say for 30 years you know people are getting off their high blood pressure meds their diabetes meds are having energy their aches and pains are gone It, it seems to work but the key is the lasting change so that's the emotional piece so we've got the two things and so it's it's easy to tell them you know, this is what we found worked really well. Give it a try. See how you like it. And that kind of evolves on its own. It's the challenge with the emotional piece. It's what Connie's saying. We can show them the associations that they have around usually unhealthy food habits. Because we're often drawn to things that make us feel good because it kicks in a very natural process in the body. This pleasure center we have if we eat. The body's designed to give us a hit of dopamine if we have high calories come into the blood, which is sugar and fat and, you know, give me a pizza. How does that feel? I mean, there's dopamine going off. So, you know, it's good to um, understand these associations that make us feel good. That's not the real feel good we're looking for. There's a difference between the satisfaction of a dopamine hit and the satisfaction of really being grounded, really touching into this innate well-being mm-hmm. side. You know, when I see chocolate looks like cardboard, that's not the kind of hit I used to get from chocolate. But I'll tell you, it is it is the satisfaction I was always looking for in chocolate. Mm-hmm. Right. And it occurs to me, too, that when we... When we understand how our thinking works, the the mechanics, if that's the right word, of eating well become a lot easier because yeah. there's a lot less suffering there and worrying about every little mouthful and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you guys are both nodding. So, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, one thing I've found recently is I will tell people there are two ways to go about the food piece. One is slowly 
put the toe in the water. And the other is jump in with both feet right away and see what happens. And people who really favor animal products often will take a slower route and they don't have to totally get off all their animal products to find the health level they want. So we keep learning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> nice. And I'd love to find out more about this. This is kind of like asking us the same question I've asked already, but from a different angle. But what do you notice that your clients struggle with if they come into this understanding without any previous awareness of it? Um, wh where do they struggle? Well, you know, I think the main struggle is just that false belief that often is unconscious that we carry with us that drives us to use food for something it isn't designed for. Mm. And in supporting people to see that very clearly from beginning to end, often it's dissolved like my potato chip story. Yeah. That's what I find. Yeah. And I think what uh, what creates the, 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 the struggle for them is because they come into this with the classic societal approach so like that life works outside in mm -hmm. so you know if there's a problem with my weight with my health with an eating disorder then it has to do with the food so they want to deal with the food and we're saying it's not about the food and we're going well it is about the food because it's <laughs> what i eat and so there's just that turnaround for them to begin to understand the inside out nature of life versus the outside in Mm -hmm. As long as they keep believing it's outside in, there's going to be this wanting to control and, and restrict and this is the answer by managing my life outside instead of recognizing it's all inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, such a good point. Go ahead, Connie. Yeah, many people have the false belief, because that's all they've known, that following a diet is the answer where there's a lot of restriction. And that actually is totally not the answer. That mm -hmm. won't lead you anywhere except where you've already been, which mm -hmm. is lose some weight and then gain it all back plus usually. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You see, where where is truth really with food, with anything in life? It isn't in restriction and willpower. Right. <laughs> yeah, such a good point. And one thing that occurs to me too is uh, in my experience was that anytime like talking about restriction and diets and that kind of thing, anytime I tried something like that, that was new and failed, I felt that I was the problem. Yes. And yes. so, you know, 30 years of feeling like uh, you're a failure kind yes. of weighs on you. And I imagine your clients must find some relief from that kind of, yeah. Yeah. For sure. There are some clients, they're 50 years old and they're, they're telling us their story. They started dieting when they were 10. Oh. They, and they've lost 100 pounds and they've gained 120 back. That kind of stuff. It's like, oh, darling. Mm. What's that do to your psychology when you think it's all about your ability? Yes. Mm -hmm. Manage life. Mm -hmm. You have to control life. You know, Oof. that's way too much work. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what a relief when we realize it's, yeah, that there's another answer, that's for sure. And so you guys have given a couple of examples of your personal relationships with food. Is there anything that you've noticed? Because you, you know, you were running the restaurant and running weight loss clinics for years and years and years. Do you, since you found the principles, have you noticed other shifts around your feelings about food? That's a good question. Yeah, Yeah, I have to tell you, I had a, we've always eaten really clean for many years, as we've said, but I used to use some homemade ghee in my beans, and I used salty um, vinegars from my macrobiotic days. And all of a sudden, I had a very minor stroke. Well, that was a wake-up call. Me, the picture of perfect health, supposedly, having this physical condition. So then I learned about being salt, oil, and sugar-free and changed my blood pressure, changed everything that in the good direction. And now I just love food more than I ever have in terms of its taste. Once the taste buds change, food, wow, what we have to eat every day. I'm so deeply grateful more than ever for what it offers. So salt, oil, and sugar-free, I know that's at one end of the extreme spectrum, but it makes such a difference, especially as we get older in terms of our health. So that's my my take on it. Yeah, and for me, um, learning the principles and learning this inside-out perspective of life, that, that really this is how life works. And it's so obvious once I see it. The awarenesses about how life works keep opening more and more. There's more and more insight all the time. And so how food has changed with these greater insights, I think, is that I've become more and more sensitive to the feedback from my body. Mm, that's I eat. good. Yeah. So when I'm eating something, you know, see, this is happening all the time. I believe this is happening all the time. Our bodies, they pick up on information, so much more information than we're conscious of. I think we're supposed to get maybe between one and 5% of the information that the body's registering and storing consciously. And so as I learn more and relax more into my relationship with life, I'm much more sensitive to everything that I experience. But as I eat, it's kind of like, when I used to have the chocolate or whatever, I say it's like this was I was eating from here up. <laughs> I was this experience. And when I started to really calm down and really get grounded in eating really healthy, I was like eating from here down. And so it's like I'll eat something and I can tell, is this just giving me some pleasure? And I enjoy it for that reason. Or is my body really saying, wow, thank you for that? Because that's the relationship with our body, isn't it? You know, it's like it's designed to do what it can do. It we're meant to thrive. We have innate wisdom. We this 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 body is designed to thrive, but we're responsible to give it what it needs so it can, just like taking care of our car. 
So that I've become more and more sensitive to, and I love this relationship. It's made a much more kind of an interesting, more intimate relationship between me and my body and my food. And, and we're kind of one happy family. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> There's four of you in that relationship. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. And it actually, and that was one of my questions on the sheet that I sent you was, you know, about the wisdom of our bodies and, um, and what we see about that. And so tell us maybe then what you see about the wisdom in cravings. Oh, I love that question. Because, you know, one thing I love to share with clients is the problem that the cravings have initiated, let's say, is really where all the gold is. Mm. We create these, quote, difficulties to really come back to and learn and live in who we really are. Mm -hmm. So it's only in creating these perceived problems that the time is now. We're ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. To go further in our evolution. It's beautiful. Nice. And you, Bill? Yeah, and the, the idea of the wisdom of the body. Um, there, there's more and more research these days about the vagus nerve. And, and for a long time, they've been talking about having a second brain in the gut and, and all that kind of thing. And, and so there really is so much feedback that's always available if we can hear it. But our conditioning and using food for reward and for celebration and for social, you know, we aren't very settled in terms of that listening. And so there, my experience and what we see others expanding and, and exploring in their own lives too, is this ability to listen to our bodies, this ability to, to pick up on the wisdom. There's, there's all kinds of little aphorisms always going on in the way of little nudges and in terms of the thank yous that we get for when we really uh, provide something that our bodies thrive with. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of wisdom, intelligence. Our bodies reflect the intelligence of nature, yes. the intelligence of the universe. Mm -hmm. We in our conscious awareness can actually begin to relate and have a relationship with that wisdom. And that's, that's really sweet. It goes back to that that famous Sydney Banks quote, doesn't it? If the only thing people learned was to not be afraid of their experience, that alone would change the world. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You mentioned celebration there, Bill. So what, and it's such a good point, what role now does food play in, in your celebrations? <laughs> very much well yes and no okay go for but it. when thanksgiving comes around we make the most amazing thanksgiving meal whole food plant-based but we love and enjoy even more than the old traditional meal with turkey and blah 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 we're we're discovering new realms of taste and enjoyment uh, recreating recipes that were favorites of ours. So, yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's really fun. Yeah. And we don't do a lot of, you know, using food to celebrate like maybe many families do. But when we do it, we love it. And <laughs> it is yummy. 
Well, we both had birthdays. They're just a couple of days apart. And so um, Connie loves this black bean brownie recipe we have. So I thought, well, I'll make these brownies for her, but in the shape of a cake. And we'll have a birthday cake. So we've had this cake for a few days. And what's been interesting is that it's kind of like my death by chocolate experience, you know. I still have associated in my mind birthday cake's going to make me feel good and we're going to have a fun night. And, you know, it, it, it goes so far beyond the food because of the association. So I have this piece of, of, of chocolate cake and it's like, well, where's the fun? Well, where's the fun? <laughs> <laughs> association's kind of been unwound. So like Connie says, we the food we eat, and if it's around what we would call a celebration, a birthday or a holiday or whatever, it's really great, but it's no, it no longer has kind of the um, afterglow of my association of it's the food that makes me feel so good. Yes. Being with all these people, being at a holiday, having a birthday. What makes me feel good about birthdays and holidays and everything is the birthday, the holidays, the people. You know, it's it's no longer, doesn't have that association of the food playing such an important role in what I think is making me feel good. Yes, yeah. Well, as you were speaking, I would see it like where food used to play the central role, you know, in a circle. Yes. Now it's somewhere on the periphery and there's yes. other things. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, well said. Yeah. 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 So I I don't know how to phrase this question. You guys seem to be of retirement age. And yet I can tell from our conversation, you're so passionate about this and about what you do. And you've clearly been doing it for such a long time. So talk to me about that and about, you know, the joy that you find in, in sharing your work. Connie, why don't you start? Yeah, I'm just reflecting. She just turned 80, by the way. Yeah, I just turned 80. <laughs> 80. <laughs> I don't know why even, but I think it's great. <laughs> anyway, um, hmm. say, say your question again. Yeah, I guess what I'm, what I'm searching for is, um, you both just seem so passionate about what you're doing. And so it seems to me like you haven't felt a need to set that down and, you know, retire quote unquote. And I, yeah, I would just love you to talk about that a little bit. It's not really a question, I guess. <laughs> well, you know where I'm at right now, I just want to reach people who want to feel better and be healthier Mm -hmm. And so we're looking at maybe bringing one of the whole food plant-based MDs to Kelowna to really reach out to a wider audience of people here. And I'm exploring, is it possible? How can we do it? How can we fund it? Blah, blah, blah. But the, the drive behind it is I would just love to introduce this way of living and eating to more people who have an interest because mm -hmm. I think there is so much value in it so much value in it and then when we add the piece of the mental emotional work 
we just did a conference in Dallas and shared mm. this work in relationship to food. It's so rewarding when you have an audience of people who really want to learn more and get healthy and be free of the old, of the old problems, perceived problems. Right, yeah. Yeah. I love the question too, because it it kind of sets up the, the, the contrast to the conditional thinking that really, aren't we just here to work hard so we can retire and just do whatever we want. We'll do whatever they want us to do so we can get this money together. Retire now I can do what I want. And it's like, um, well, fortunately, we've always kind of followed our hearts in terms of what do we do. So like you say, you see the passion. So we've always loved what we do. But as we've understood more about the inside out nature of life and that in reality, life is living us. It's not for me to decide where my happiness will be found. I will find happiness by listening to my heart, to this 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 current of life that's moving through me to direct me as opposed to, let's see, when I'm 65, we'll have this much money in the bank and I can play golf Monday, Wednesday, you know, that kind of an idea, which there's nothing wrong with. But those kinds of ideas about retirement being the golden years and, and all the rest of it is all based on that outside in thinking. Yes. That it's my right. circumstances that are going to provide yes. the experience I'm looking for. And so as we've understood more and more about the principles and open more and more to that listening and allowing uh, the wisdom of life to move through us and responding to that, we engage in life from these nudges, as opposed to trying to figure out where's my happiness next. Um, yeah. yeah, retirement just is a, a concept that doesn't live in that world. Mm-hmm. I saw somebody the other day who said, you know, the only reason one would retire would be if you didn't like what you were doing, right? Mm-hmm. And I can, yeah, I can just see how much joy you guys get from what you're doing. And that's such a good point, Bill, about it being an outside in construct, you know, and I think this is way off topic, but I'll just say it anyway. You know, you, when you, I see people struggle when they retire and I, it's because I bet, you know, they've put all the, somehow this magic date occurs and then I'll be happy. Right. I'll be, I'll leave my job and yeah. And of course it doesn't work that way. Yeah. So funny. Interesting. All right. Okay. So is there anything as we start to wrap up, is there anything you guys would like to share that we haven't touched on yet today? Well, you know, one, one thing that comes to me is, is just like, and maybe we've said this in different ways, but just to, to kind of summarize it, a healthy relationship with food rests on the same foundation as a healthy relationship with life. So um, if, if, we're, if we're having an issue with food, uh, it's the same answer there as it is to deal with if I have a, a difficulty in my marriage. If I have a difficulty in my marriage, it's because I'm using the marriage, I'm using that person to try and satisfy something in me that I don't feel is complete. And so I need to look inside and really see 
how it is that I'm relating to that person. And it, it, you know, if it's not providing what I think I want, is it that she needs to change or is it that I need to change? And it's the same thing with food. If I've got a health condition, it's not because something's broken. It's not my body's gone awry. I was thinking about um, when a hurricane blows over Florida, doing all this devastation, it's not because the weather system broke. It's because the meteorologic conditions were just such that it created a hurricane. And when there are hurricanes, these things happen. So if I have high blood pressure, it's not because my body broke. And so I need medication to, to fix it. It's because there's an environmental condition created, usually by what I'm eating, by food and lifestyle, that's creating an inflammation that the body's responding to perfectly. It's laying down fat, cholesterol, and the arteries to deal with the inflammation. Unfortunately, like the high winds of a hurricane, those have negative side effects over time. <laughs> so it's, it's looking at that relationship from the standpoint of how am I, if, if things aren't going right, am I using that for me? Or am I relating to it in the way that it's really designed to create a thriving relationship? Does that make sense? That was kind of a long, lengthy thing. <laughs> no, it did. Yeah, you're saying that our bodies are giving us feedback. Yeah. It's not that we're broken. It's that there's feedback. There's information there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and what about you, Connie? Anything you'd like to share that we haven't touched on? Yeah. Um, with the principles and even before when my mind went quiet, I realized that I could use my love of food and good health to support people to know who they really are more deeply. Mm. And I love that so much. I My blood just gets very active when, <laughs> when I get a chance to talk about it and share it. And yeah, aren't we lucky? And I keep learning and growing and Oh, I just love life. Mm-hmm. How could you not love life when you're <laughs> seeing more and more beauty wherever you look? And even in the midst of the diff- the perceived difficulty, now I'm at the place where, come in, my darling, whatever you have to show me, I want to see it. I am here with full attention. <laughs> I I just respond to life as it arises, and it doesn't have to look any particular way ever and in the past that was not the case believe me (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) yeah that's so well said and i love this idea that um that the challenges that we have are actually doorways and opportunities for us to see ourselves in our full magnificence you know and and well-being and our innate resilience and all that stuff yeah 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 so where can we find out more about you guys and your work yeah we have a a website amazinghealtheffortlessly.com and that's probably the best place to read a little bit more about us and easy to contact us through that And we have lots of wonderful recipes free on the website. So go on and explore and 
Yeah, if you want to have any questions or connect with us, we're always open. Yeah, and, and we always provide a free 30-minute um, consultation. Uh, people want to learn more about how what they're dealing with might um, be addressed between us. Great, great. Okay, and I will put links to the website in the show notes at unbrokenpodcast.com. All right, well, thank you guys so much. It's been so lovely chatting with you. Oh, I love your the depth of your questions and how insightful they are. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Take care, you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found the show helpful and uplifting. You'll find all the backlist episodes and show notes at unbrokenpodcast.com. To learn more about how to resolve an overeating habit in a way that's unlike anything else you've tried, get your complimentary copy of my Freedom from Overeating Starter Kit at alexandraamore.com forward slash starter kit. See you next time.